friends, how's it going? It's Tiffany Pratt. This is my love jam. I know it's wild to think that I have a podcast all about love, but let me tell you, even though I'm a designer, creative director, creative person, artist, author, TV, whatever, there's absolutely nothing that I've ever done in my life that has been more important than bringing love into everything that I've ever done. And this is a podcast all about that. I have met miraculous, cool, incredible people along the way, and I want to introduce you to some of them. I want to talk to you about my journey. I want to share some of the things that I've learned. And more than anything in the whole world, I don't want you to feel alone. As a creative person, I want us to feel like a powerful community of supportive friends that can turn to each other and know that no matter what, we've got each other's back. So, that's what the Love Jam's all about. Let's talk about it. Let's get down in the middle of it. Let's uncover it. Let's see all of its colors. And let's jam. Let's jam about love. That's the Love Jam. I'm pretty excited that I got a sponsor for this podcast. Hey, Coco. Wait, what? Can I'm, in the, I'm in the, hold on, I'm in the washroom. Oh, I just need you to even read the sponsorship ad, jeez. Just wanted you to read the sponsorship ad. I'm back. Oh, wow. Uh, by the way, your bathroom, really nice, really nice fixtures. What's going on there? Well, I had my bathroom redone with Delta Faucets Canada. It's, oh. Uh, I know. Uh, there no, you it's go. pretty right? slick in there, right? Right. Makes sense. I know. Sense. It's actually pretty fitting because uh, this episode of The Love Jam has in part been made possible by my friends at the Delta Faucets Canada, they, uh, they've made the magic happen for me. Well, you know, innovation and design have been at the heart of the Delta brand for over 50 years. They have poured that into every product they make, creating savvy, sturdy faucets and accessories with smart design on the inside and out. Well, now you know why you like my bathroom so oh, much. Oh, jeez, makes total sense. <laughs> God, I feel so lucky because I get to I get to do this and I get to do this with people that I love mm-hmm. and I I think that's why this uh, podcast is appropriately named because it's it truly is a love jam. Love jam. It is a love jam. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, before me sits an entity of love, <laughs> KB in the house. <laughs> KB <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm KB. so honored to be here. Oh, KB, I'm, I'm so, so happy. I'm so grateful. <laughs> KB has traveled for hours to be here. She lives a few hours from Toronto. And um, when she pulled down the street, I actually was waiting on the... I was feeling yeah, it coming. Yeah, you said you weren't going to be waiting for me, but you were I was, waiting for me. Yeah, I was very excited to see you. So Your antenna must have gone up like, bing, she's here. We have. I think we do both have antennas. <laughs> yes. Together. We do. And our little antennas were... Yep. Up, waiting for each other, which is really yep. ma- it's magical. Here we are. Yep. Totes. KB, how do you want the how do you how do you want to be introduced for people to know? I call you KB, but how do yeah. you? Yeah. Um, people do call me KB. People call me Karen. People call me KB. Um, someone named me. One of my very close friends named me KB, and it was just so endearing that just people started calling me that. Karen Bell. Karen Bell. So, KB. I love I love a good acronym though, so yeah. I'll always lean on the acronym. <laughs> That's always my fave. I call myself TP on emails. There you go. So I think it's lovely. Yeah. Uh, well, so. I think the people who are closest to me call me that, and that's you know, when I picked my domain name, I just picked KB because it it just felt close, and I want to feel close to the people that I'm coming into contact with. So tell the peoples yes. that are listening what you do and what they're coming in contact with you for. Yeah. So, well, I first and foremost would say that I'm an artist. It's what I've always wanted to be when I was a kid. If you asked me, I would have said, I want to be an artist. So I'm currently a jewelry designer. I'm also a clairvoyant. So I give intuitive readings. Uh, clairvoyant is just someone who, who sees energy visually. So I, when I'm tuning into the energy of someone or something, I receive that information visually. So I receive visions. And I help people to make decisions and to understand their situations or their challenges from a higher perspective, from a spiritual perspective. Um, yeah, that's what I do. And I love 
starting all my podcasts, I call it Our Love Story. Yes. So I love to share our love story and how we came to be and and how we came to be is a lot of why we're here today. We have a powerful love story, I feel. <laughs> I, I 100% agree. It's actually, I I would say it's one of my favorites, yeah. actually, because um, this is, it's almost like a story that reminds you of how things used to be, yes. you know, because it wasn't, anyways, okay, so I'll let you start. Okay. And then I'll we'll just jump in but I think you're the good person to start the story I will start so first of all I feel like I should say that I'm not really a media person so I don't really watch tv or have a lot of media influence so I don't really know anything about what's going on in the world or people on like I just don't have a clue this is what we have in common so I'm, I'm a hermit you know and my husband sometimes gets irritated with me when I don't know about a news story or whatever. I just don't know because I keep myself fairly shielded from that. So I didn't really know who you were. I hadn't seen you on TV, but it was a particularly difficult time in my life. My son would probably have been about a year old. He was definitely still in the baby stage and I was going through a very difficult time, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. Um, and I would just needed to get out of the house every day. And I used to take him to Indigo a lot just to get out of the house, you know, look at books, have a coffee. Yes. Yeah, so the people that don't know what Indigo is, if you're listening outside yes, of Canada. That's a bookstore. It's a bookstore. It's a beautiful Canadian bookstore. So I had taken my son to Indigo and it wasn't, you know, I was just in this phase where I was just very anxious all the time and overwhelmed with a new baby. And um, so I was just looking at books and... I'm wheeling him around in the stroller and this book on the shelf just flew off the shelf at me and it was bright and colorful and I knew that I was supposed to pick it up. So I pick up this book and it's your book. And the title of the book, first of all, the title of the book I knew was a direct message to me from spirit. And the book was called This Can Be Beautiful. And I almost started crying right there in the store <laughs> because I knew that that was a message that what I was going through at that time, it, it would get better. It's going to be beautiful. I can make something beautiful out of it. Even though in the, at that time, I was completely overwhelmed and tired and stressed out. So I bought the book and I just, it was amazing. I found it so incredibly inspiring. The other thing about this particular period of my life was that I was really drawn to um, use art and use creativity and crafts and my jewelry as a way to heal and cope with what I was going through. But there was a part of me that didn't really feel that that was okay. Uh, there was a part of me that felt that that was immature in some way or that I should be handling this new mom phase better. And I wasn't really giving myself permission to just do what I needed to do. So when I found your book, of course, it's a beautiful, creative book full of amazing projects and just your energy just infuses that book. There's, it wasn't just the title. It was it gave me permission to be myself at that time. It gave me permission to just feel what I was feeling and go through what I was going through. And if I just needed to sit in the corner and do crafts in the afternoon just to kind of cope with this new motherhood thing, then that felt okay. So one of the things I did after uh, buying your book and just feeling so inspired by it was make a piece of jewelry. <laughs> uh, a <laughs> this bracelet. Is the, this is the best part. Yeah. So I had, I had made a bracelet that said, I made it out of uh, clay and metal and it, it said, this can be beautiful. And I made three of them. I made one for you. I made one for me and I just made one for my online shop. And uh, so I posted on Instagram and I, I think I tagged you in you it, did, right? Yeah. And I sent you a message saying, can you send me your address so I can send this to you? And you wrote me back and it was well, me. That was like how we met. It was, um, I just, I, I know people listening. It's one thing to um, write a book. You know, everyone, the, first of all, I, I, it's one of my greatest accomplishments for me. Of all the things I've ever done in my life, I would say to have that book and to be able to do it the way I did it. Mm -hmm. um, it really it has meant a lot to me for that to have that opportunity for sure and just to do it you know it's such a long arduous process mm -hmm. and by the time it hits the shelves and it's in the world you kind of like it's like a bunch of your it's like thousands of your babies in yeah. the world and you just kind of hope that whomever gets a hold of that book it, that what you've poured into it something sticks or something shifts or something changes that person and that was always my intention mm -hmm. so um 
to know that I had a person in the world that got the book <laughs> and it helped them, like even if it's ever just you, yeah, you know, I think that that's that's the soul's purpose is to know that you've helped somebody. And For so sure. when I got your note to know that my book had inspired you or helped you in any way, I just and I remember like I couldn't put enough emojis. <laughs> <laughs> on my response to you on Instagram, and um, when I got funny. your your um, parcel in the mail, and I put the bracelet on, and I still have the bracelet. Actually, it's still on. I should have shown you today when you came yeah. over that it's on my little tray. I don't even have it in the drawer. Amazing. And um, I remember um, going, "Who is this woman?" Because you were so chill. Like you weren't. You weren't really like you know most. And I won't say most, but I do have people that are very. Um, excitable mm -hmm. when they are in contact with me mm -hmm. whereas you were very relaxed and mm. like made you a bracelet your book changed my life bye <laughs> can, can you send me your address please yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even know if i'd hear back from you but i'm like well it's worth a shot i anyway so i i then looked into who is this kb person what does mm -hmm. she do i got on your online shop mm -hmm. um over the course of what has it been now two or three years it's been i think three well my yeah. son's turning three and so it would have been like two and a half years probably two two and a half yeah so two and a half years um I've been slowly um I feel like it's been like this beautiful slow romance between us yes the love story the love story has <laughs> continued I've I've purchased malas from yes. KB um and KB has given me beautiful malas mm -hmm. and I if you ever see I've I think I've mentioned your name a thousand times because every time I wear your malas mm -hmm. everyone always asks me where did you get that amazing so I love um, it can you tell everyone what your online shop is really quick while yes. we're here? So beginwithinjewelry.com is the quickest way to find me. It's an Etsy shop, but yeah. Um, yeah. Begin, Begin Within, within Jewelry. Jewelry. Dot com. Dot com. So Begin Within Jewelry. And then I was like, what's this intuitive business that she's doing? Because I'm all about the sessions and the digging yes. deeper and the who soul does work. What. I, yeah, I do a lot of soul work. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I think we had our first, um, phone call when I was traveling Canada mm. for maybe the first time a few years ago mm -hmm. for my, um, for a media tour. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was, I can't remember what city I was in, but I was in a hotel room and our session was, uh, for me, it was phenomenal. Yeah. We had a phenomenal session. Well, I feel like we have a lot of chemistry. So whenever we talk, it's just like an explosion <laughs> of whatever <laughs> glitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> there is, but so much more than that it is it is it's very deep, glittery it's soulful glitter it feels like iridescent shiny <laughs> yeah. holographic yeah yeah 80s <laughs> and we're in it it's like the phone we're we're i'm sitting in this drab hotel room but when i'm on the phone with kb i am transported to an iridescent disco hall yeah 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 it's total. magical and light is flooding in <laughs> So it was sort of, uh, I knew that the session was very intense. So I, there's a lot of things to apply and to think about. And and then um, I feel like it's just been a slow burn of knowing each other through online resources, being in touch that way. Um, Mia, of course, wearing your jewelry. Most recently, actually, I commissioned KB to make me a beautiful piece that I'm wearing currently today. I'm so Rainbow. excited. Tell the, tell the peoples what you made. I made uh, Tiff a uh, moonstone, white moonstone mala with uh, this inset rainbow. Uh, so these this rainbow of gemstones kind of right in the middle and a little lovely silk tassel from India. It's beautiful. And it's so, a huge tassel. And so. it is a huge mala in general. It's bigger <laughs> than the ones I usually make, but I think it's awesome. I, I feel like it's perfectly sized for me. Yeah. I don't know. There's something it's, about oversize that yes, works for me. Me too. Um, so I, I actually want to talk about the mala for a second. Um, just so people can dig into what a mala is, because mm -hmm. I know that some people don't even know what a mala is. For sure. Um, my experience with the mala started, um, I think it was about 10 years ago when I had gone to an ashram for the first time. Mm. And in the gift shop of the um, ashram was malas. Mm -hmm. And I knew of what they looked like. But um, in that moment, I purchased one for when we were in meditation and I used it for my meditation practice. Yeah. Or for me, I... Um, for many years, not, I'm not doing it currently, but for about four years after that, every morning, uh, traditionally on a mala, there's 108 beads mm -hmm. and I would 
find 108 things every morning that I was grateful for. And I would run the beads through my finger and I would come up with something and it could be something super simple with, which is like my bathroom is really close to my bed <laughs> right? and I can pee in the night very easily. Which is luxurious compared to maybe a hundred years ago or, you know, things so we take for granted. I used the mala for that. And, um, and I wear, and often when I wear my malas, it's uh, a physical representation of my gratitude practice mm, of the things that it. I'm grateful for. And to always come back to that, it's like a, a it's a physical representation mm-hmm. of the multitude of things I'm grateful for. I love so it. So that's my feeling and that's why I wear a mala. Yeah. So it's part of my gratitude practice. So tell me what got you excited about creating jewelry as an artist mm-hmm. and why you started to create these beautiful <laughs> I, I'm even wearing one of your bracelets say the bracelets, yeah. the malas, go into it. I want to I'm gonna stop talking. Go for it. <laughs> well I started well going back, um I want to go back to like 2006 because I wasn't I wasn't making jewelry at that time. I was making dog collars. Um, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so I was sewing dog collars and uh, selling them in my online shop. And uh, anyways, I at that time in my life, I was also I was going through a difficult time with with my work situation, not really feeling like my job was a fit anymore. I worked as a makeup artist at the time and um, wanting to leave that. And I don't know, I just got myself in a big ball of stress over it. But during that time, I found the book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And it's I just one everyone, of my, yeah, everyone tell. needs to go buy that book right Say now. Say it again. You Can Heal Your Life by <laughs> Louise Hay. Um, it is one of my favorite <laughs> Are we laughing? I'm just like, <laughs> I can't be serious. I love you so much. It's it's So it's I think everyone should read that book. It's probably my favorite book. It really helped pull me out of that state of confusion and that dark time. But what I took from that book is to begin within, that no matter what you're going through, um, well, first of all, that life is a mirror. So whatever is really happening externally is a mirror for what's going on in our inner world. And I also learned the power of our thoughts and the power of our intention. And so... um, I, you know, I kept making dog collars. I sold that business because I just didn't, that didn't feel right to me. I started making jewelry. When I started um, the jewelry business, I wanted something that reflected my intention. And so, um, I don't know, that just came to mind to, to begin on the inside, to begin with your thoughts, to begin with your intentions. And I wanted to make jewelry to remind people of that. And that's, you know, when you think of a mala, yes. what you're saying um, about it being a reflection of your, the inner work you're doing, whether it's gratitude or prayer or meditation, a mala, to me, is a similar philosophy that that's a physical representation of the inner work that I'm doing. And yeah, I want to wear that, you know, throughout the day to remind me. For me, I get up really early and do my spiritual practice early in the morning, um, you know, meditate with my mala or do my prayer work or my yoga or whatever. But then to be able to wear something for the rest of the day that reminds you of whatever intentions you set in the morning or whatever you're grateful for, uh, I think it's a really powerful thing. I want, I want us to not forget to talk about your morning ritual. Oh, yes. Because I think that that's such a beautiful thing is the morning ritual and how different they all can be, but how powerful the morning ritual is. It's so powerful. So maybe we'll, do you want to talk about it now? Yeah, we can talk about it now. Before we dig into other things, I I have a surprise for you. (laughs) You do? I do. But anyways, before we get there, um, so uh, as far as this Love Jam is concerned, I wanted KB to be here because outside of all the things, you know, I believe we're everything. Mm -hmm. Every human being is everything. Mm -hmm. And um, I have found such great peace, solace, and light knowing you and being your friend and having conversations with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think you're such a gift to the world. So before we dig into this, Mm -hmm. I just want everyone to know that, you know, KB has such a beautiful um, way of seeing the world and parlaying information. And I just... Anything that you can kind of scribble down on a little piece of paper mm-hmm. moving forward from this moment in this podcast will, mm-hmm. I think, be so uplifting for your heart. Aww. So, um, Amazing. anyways, so your practice. My practice. My practice um, started, my, my the practice that I have now started probably two years ago when my son was about one, again, going through this difficult time where I felt 
really ungrounded. I took up a daily meditation practice at that time. It was it really came down to, hey, do you want to go on Zoloft or do you want to meditate? Yep. Is what it came down to. Yep. And I chose meditation. Or I at least at least gave it a shot. I thought this is worth giving it a shot. If it doesn't work, then maybe I'll explore other options. But it was two years ago that I really committed to waking up before everybody and um meditation is number one yoga is number two so if i wake up a little later one morning then i'm gonna meditate before anything else what time are you waking up kb so well five at the very latest but sometimes i do get up at four and people around think i'm a little bit nuts for waking up at four but honestly i don't set an alarm i don't require um, any motivation i just wake up and i feel like my heart bursts to be able to have time for my practice. So it doesn't really require any real struggle or effort. I'm excited to connect with spirit in the morning. So um, I'll get up and I usually will do about half an hour to an hour of yoga, depending on how much time I have. And then I'll meditate for about an hour. Um, and also just for take an hour. Yeah, I'll take some time during that time. Like some of it will just be quieting my mind meditation. But I also, you know, I keep notes on my phone of um, intentions or basically I have a, this list on my phone that I'm really loving right now, which is um, reflective of how I want to feel in my life. And so I often will take a good 20 to 30 minutes focusing on those feelings and generating them in my body. Ah. And so that for me is when I say I am excited to wake up at four, it's really because of this practice. The feeling in your body or yeah. how you want to feel. Yeah. This is something that I know, I'm not just going to generalize for women. Right. But people in general. Yeah. We are not conditioned yeah. to quiet the noise, look outside of all the things that we could be experiencing and tap into the question, how does this make me feel? How do I feel? Yeah. It's, a, it's probably like, I'm feeling as we're talking, like this is what we're meant to be talking about today. Yeah. Because... You know, we live in this very uh, almost forceful society where people are like, take action, set goals, you know, strive. And, you know, even with intention in the spiritual realm, people are like, you know, you have to know what your intentions are and like take action. But really, when you think about it, anytime you want anything, it's because of the way that you think that thing is going to make you feel. 100%. Right? Yes. So I want that soulmate because I want to feel loved. I want that dream job because I want to feel recognized or successful. I want the money so that I can feel freedom. Right? So anytime we want anything, it's because of the way that we want to feel. But what we don't realize is that we can generate those feelings in our bodies bef without having that thing. You know? And the, and the ironic thing is that when you realize your power to do that, that thing that you want tends to just magnetize itself to you because of the way the universe works. I love repetition because it's mm -hmm. emphasis. Yes. So I want you just to explain a little bit deeper what it means to manifest a feeling or create a right. feeling inside of ourselves like the thing that we already, the thing that we want has already arrived. Right. So can you dig into that? Yeah, that's really the key. When you speak of, when people talk about the law of attraction, for example, um, you know, when the, the secret came out, for example, people were just thinking, oh, I just think of a Lamborghini and then it shows up in my driveway the next day. That's really not how it works, right? <laughs> but if anyone saw that movie, that's Wish. what they make you think. It's like, oh, I just really want this Porsche and all of a sudden, right. you know, here I am at the Porsche dealership. Yeah, here I am. Or like you want this soulmate and he just knocks on your door the next day. It doesn't really work that way. <laughs> um, I think with The Secret, The Secret was a really awesome movie and it was a great introduction to the law of attraction, but it for me, and I haven't seen it in a while, but I don't think they really talked a lot about emotions and the role of emotions Correct. and the role of feeling. Correct. And that is really the most important thing when it comes to this stuff, right? So um, I'm a huge fan of Abraham Hicks. Abraham Hicks is a spiritual teaching um, channeled by Esther Hicks, who's from Texas. Um, and do you want to share the website? Yeah, I think it's abraham-hicks.com. If you look up Abraham Hicks on YouTube or 
go to Indigo, you'll be able to find the books. I've been studying their teachings for about 10 years now. And um, I mean, totally immersed myself in it, read every book, listened to hundreds of hours of audio. Um, and it's really the, the gist of it is this work about noticing your feelings and noticing that as you shift your mindset and as you think different thoughts, you can actually shift the way you feel and you can generate feelings in your body. So if you use your imagination, for example, to visualize what you want, and then you start feeling in your body, like, how would I, or just asking yourself, how would I feel with that person in my life, with that soulmate in my life? How do I think I would feel? What am I, what feeling, what emotion am I trying to evoke by the acquisition of that thing. And just when you start to ask yourself those questions and just when you start to visualize yourself in that position, the feelings start to flood toward you. And I don't know how else to explain it. You just start to feel as if you already have that thing. And then the coolest thing happens. It's like you no longer have a neediness for that goal or that acquisition of whatever that is. So you, you, you don't need it anymore. You're not chasing it. Why would you? You feel like you already have it. This is um, what I love about this in general yeah. for myself, for others, is that it keeps you here now. Yeah, present. It keeps you here now. Yeah. You're not striving forward. Yeah. You're not living for future. Right. You're not, you're not pushing yourself to something else, someone else. Yeah. You're here now because yeah. you have that feeling. Which is so important. And, and I think that's often why um, people find when they reach a big goal, mm -hmm. it's anticlimactic. Right. Because they yeah. get there and they can't feel yeah. the happiness that they think they're going to feel because they've waited so long for it that it's lost its... Yeah, totally. It's and lost also, its magic. The, the manifestation of anything will have the same feeling tone as when you... As, as you have had all, all along as you're creating it. So just for example, you can create things out of frustration. You can, and but when you get that thing, you'll be frustrated, right? Yes. You know, yes. <laughs> so we can acquire things through the power of our mind and still not have the feeling tone that we, we want. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's really important, I think, in, and I'm not saying don't take action towards goals or not have goals, but I'm saying first, let's start at the root, which is how do I, how do I think that, how do I want to feel basically? What do I think that thing will give me in an emotional way? And then start from there. I love this. I feel like that's the, the root. This is, this is like where we all want to start. Yes. And so when I talk to people on the phone, this is what I try to help them with is like, okay. What are the feelings? What are the feelings you want and how can we start to help you generate that and you know what you don't have to take an hour every morning like i do or half an hour you can just start with 10 minutes a day five yes. minutes a day you know i feel like um because i'm such a details person i love when you ask yourself how you feel yes um sometimes when you really get into detail about what that thing is that you want or how you really want to feel for instance yeah. like you're dreaming of a job yes but then you can really dig in about all the elements that will create that job right I think if you're honest with yourself and you're very expansive with how you really feel that experience will be in your life, mm -hmm. often you can realize that maybe something is or is not for you yeah. based on really digging deeply right. into totally. that feeling. Yeah. You know, you can really start feeling like, oh, wow, my hours are going to change or wow, I might have to give this up or right. this is actually going to be more demanding on me than I thought. Yeah. Because I think at, the more you dig into this practice, the more you really can learn that it is a navigational system. Yes, it for is. For you totally. to make decisions. Yeah, for sure. Um, on, you know, actually, I thought I wanted this, but maybe I don't. Yeah. Did you find that? Well, yeah. And I think when you say navigational system, well, that's what Abraham Abraham Hicks teaches our emotions are, are our navigational system. So when you when you think a thought, you have an emotion as a result of that thought. Right. And you can tell by the way you feel if the thoughts that you're thinking, if your dominant thought patterns are in alignment with what you really want to create or what your soul wants to create mm -hmm. or not. So your emotions are your navigation basically. And when you experience what we would call a negative emotion like anger or frustration, it's not necessarily bad. It just means you're a little bit off course of what your higher self or your spirit is thinking in that moment. So when you shift your thought patterns or shift your mental state, then your emotions follow suit. But this is, I think, a great way to help you um, 
envelop or introduce a quiet time. Mm, if people yeah. don't want to call it a meditation. Yeah, quiet this time. This is quiet time um, with yourself for five minutes or 10 minutes. Yeah. That's when you can get both of these parties in alignment. Yes, for sure. Because that's when you, you know, if you don't want to believe in a higher self, yeah. you can just believe that the energy around you that yeah. doesn't feel compatible with the energy inside of you, yeah. that's what quiet time will do. For sure. That's the way I always put it for the everyday man that maybe looks at the words like meditation or yeah. higher self and like, ah, <laughs> yeah, it's a, bit, you know, it's a like, bit intimidating yeah. if you have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I have a toddler, right? So quiet time is very important. And I think everybody should have, have a little bit of quiet time and schedule it in and just to be with yourself. You know, we live in such a busy society. That's just so, so many distractions. And I think people really lose track of, you know, who they really are and what they really want because we're constantly bombarded with messages from the culture, society, our family, our friends, kind of projecting onto us what we should want or who we should be, when really maybe that has nothing to do with who you really are or what you want. The other thing too, I, I don't know how you feel, um, but I feel like quiet time is like a cleanup. Yes. Um, yeah. I um, recently, I think I told you this, but back in, uh, September, early September, I, I did a three-day introductory of transcendental mm, meditation. Awesome. So now I've been doing that 40 minutes a day mm -hmm. and two spots every day I've been doing 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And um, and at the time, I remember thinking, how am I going to fit 40 minutes of meditation into my day? How <laughs> yeah. am I going to do this? Right. Um, and now I feel like I can't, this is, I'm over a month deep and I don't think I could live without it. Yeah, that's and, how it, it and you feel you like you're cleaning up. Yeah, you're yeah. clean. I feel like I'm cleaning up my mind. Yeah, for sure. Every 20 minute span I take. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's deep and sometimes it's not, and I'm not judging how it flows in or flows out. But I just know that 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 20 minutes, things are coming up for me that I would never have dreamed would come up. But there's obviously a little bit of cleanup that has to go on inside of me. Uh, thoughts I need to transmute or you know, make sense of or people I need to get in touch with or forgive mm -hmm. um, or anyways, meditation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think people find it initially difficult to create that practice, but somewhere along the line, it becomes totally like the highlight of your day. Yes. At least it is for me. Yep. You know, like I don't, I just cannot live without it. Yep. And even to the point where sometimes I'm like, you know, I'll put my son down for a nap after lunch and I just want to go sit again, you yeah. know. And you can. Yeah, and you can. And it's, it's the, it, it creates, what it does is it creates joy in present time. Yep. So you're not constantly looking to the future for a source of joy. The here, the now. The here and the now. You ready mm -hmm. for my gift? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I see doggies. <laughs> I wrote this down very, very, very quickly when you and I were on the phone on my birthday. Amazing. So I, I couldn't even share this information on any other podcast. I thought <gasps> I have to jam about this with you. I'm so excited. You and I stumbled upon some very important stuff, I mm -hmm. thought, last time we spoke. Yes. During my session, it was on August 11th, and I will say it was 12 o'clock, and that's what I, how I want to spend my day. I want to spend my day Aww. chilling out in my pajamas, and I had, I think we were on the phone for two hours. We had a really good conversation that day, for sure. Um, but what I loved about what we said, I thought, was something that um, spoke to a lot of the world that I live in, but the world that you live in. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like an alchemy mm. of us. Mm -hmm. And those things were elements of taking the look the way we look at our spaces mm -hmm. and understanding that a space can be a block to mm. letting the soul of who we are shine through yeah that that's was so good exactly what you said okay i wrote it down it says our space can be a block <laughs> to letting our soul shine through well that kind of reflects what we were just talking about doesn't it because i think a lot of people when it comes to their wardrobe or their personal space their decor they are going by what they think they should, you know, what it should look like, what the culture, what the latest magazine says, the colors are trendy, or what a fashion magazine, you know, says we should be wearing this fall, rather than, is this really reflective of who I truly am? Like, if navy is in, 
Am I wearing everything navy? Am I wearing navy because it's trendy or because I genuinely resonate with that color? Well, I I wrote down, you know, letting your soul shine through. But then I did a big line across the page (laughs) and I wrote down all the things you think you're supposed to do. Yeah. School, colors, your name, the marriage, the baby, the house. Yes. Right? Yeah, totally. I think often um, what you just said is perfect. Yeah. Because we build up this tower of thought around our lives that create this thing that we think Mm -hmm. we want. But we are, I don't know if we genuinely feel that we want it. And you only get in touch with whether it's in alignment with your authentic self or not when you do have quiet time. 100%. Right? When you have quiet time, that's when you can evaluate, does this resonate with me? Because it's that time when you're with yourself where you can notice all of the input that you've been receiving from other people and from the media and the culture and the family and everything you kind of get to clear that away from a moment and just sit with something. Well, do I like Navy? <laughs> so I think that this is what I do. And that's why I wanted to get to right? this because I will get called into a home or a yeah. project or, or a space or a restaurant or something. Yeah. And, and often, you know, I have to, I have to share this, what just happened. And I know you're going to love this story. Yeah. So I'm working on this, um, this new cafe. Amazing. And this client was explaining all the things that they wanted. Mm -hmm. And then I said, well, you know, I'm not going to know anything until I see the space. Mm -hmm. And I walk into the space and there's a lot of things I can do. And there's a lot of things I can't do. Right. Because four walls can't technically be changed that much. It's a galley space, long and short. Mm -hmm. The space had delineated ceilings, meaning that it basically showed me how the space will be sectioned off Mm. just by proxy of the way it's structured. Right. Would I, could I finish the ceiling so it's all one? Mm. Yes, I could. Mm -hmm. But the ceiling, the property, the building, the bones, the wood, it's all telling me what it wants to be. Oh, that's so amazing. I love that. You know? Yeah, because every location, every space, you know, everything is energy, number one, but also everything has a soul. Okay, so this is what we're talking about. <laughs> everything and is a soul. Everything is, is energy. This is why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. I'm bringing this up because this right. is what I want to talk about. Is talk about it. Because I, I know that you know that I mm-hmm. love and believe mm-hmm. that everything around us is physical energy mm-hmm. that is serving us or taking away from us. Yes. And that the things around us that bring us joy are what we should surround ourselves with. Mm-hmm. How we live and how we choose to live in that weird green couch, if we love it, it's there because it fills us up and it makes us happy. For sure. If that torn up old chair is bringing us down and making us feel depressed because it reminds us of something that's not positive, we get rid of it. Yes. And so I want you to talk about that because oh, even today when you came up to my place and oh, you're looking through all the stuff <laughs> at my desk. I sat myself down in your <laughs> dressing room. <laughs> you're like, what? I'm just going to sit right here <laughs> but- for an hour. <laughs> Definitely, my dressing room's got some vibes. There's some vibes vibes in there. But um, but like, talk about. I I remember you sharing the story when um, Rhodes, your son, was born, and you had said to your husband, "I'm painting this room purple." Yes. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, my my room. I have a a room in my home, which is you know where I give readings, and it's also where I design, and so it's full of my books and my desk and my beads and everything. And up until. A certain point, it was like a kind of a neutral, like a gray blue. And that seemed fitting. It was fine. And when my son was born, I was going through this difficult period of depression and anxiety. <laughs> he was about maybe eight months old. And I just said to my husband, this room has to be purple. It has to be like orchid purple as soon as possible. And it, I mean, even in my clothing, I was wearing neon and I was wearing, you know, I usually wear a lot of neutral colors, but at the time I was wearing lots of bright colors. So I think our spaces and our wardrobe is all reflective of either the energy that we're feeling at the time or sometimes the energy that we need to feel. Correct. You know, at that time in my life, I needed, you know, brighter colors, happy colors, um, spiritual colors. And I actually feel like if I was a color, I would be that orchid purple. So I think what it was, was like me connecting with myself in a weird way. That's it. That's not in a weird way. That is entirely true. Mm -hmm. And that's my work. 
Right. And totally. so that's where I'm always asking questions around because I feel like I'm an investigator yeah. trying to get to the bottom of someone to give them what they need. <laughs> for sure. And not just in their space, but in their life. Yeah. So I think sure. when you tell me that story about the orchid purple and it just like you intuitively knew, yeah. I wanted to also jam about the fact that, and I know you, you, you agree with this, is that our choices are fluid. Yes. So just because we want something today doesn't mean a year from now we're yeah. going to agree with those choices. Right. And that's, you know, who cares if you have to acquire a whole bunch of neon scarves yeah you know if the neon scarf makes you feel good today yeah wear it and have it around you until it doesn't for sure and you flow with it right just yeah. like the card we picked is like it's like going with the flow um you just have to kind of flow with whatever not think about it too hard i think that's we all get caught up in thinking way overthinking things right when it's just like hey this room has to be purple let's paint it right now you know we don't have to think about it preach <laughs> preach <laughs> let's just paint it because I know I'm going to feel better yes. when the room is purple. You know? And you can paint it again. <laughs> right. I always say this to yeah. people all the time. You know, just yeah. because you're painting something today doesn't mean you can't paint it in six months. Yeah, for If sure. you're over the orchid purple six months from now, prime it and paint it again. Yep, totally. And that's the beautiful thing about color and space and, yeah. you know, art and creation. Totally. People get worried that they're going to get somehow off track. And I'm even, as you're speaking, I'm thinking of even the bigger decisions in life. People think that they're afraid of making a wrong decision when life is really like more of a GPS where, yeah, you can take a wrong turn. But guess what? The GPS will just tell you how to get back on the road to where you're going. Yeah. You know, you can't really make a wrong decision. It's healthy to make decisions because they call forth energy. It, it, it encourages energy to move whenever you make a decision. So it's healthier to make a decision, even if you think that it might be the wrong one, than to not make a decision at all. Because we want to be in the flow. We want energy to be flowing all the time. Those wrong decisions are tools. Right. And like, man, you always learn something no right. matter what happens, right? So is there a decision that's ever wrong? You know, I don't think it's really that healthy to hang on to regret. Because if I think back about certain decisions I've made, it's like, well, something good came out of that or I learned something from that. And probably the worst decisions or the hardest times is when I learned the most. So, <laughs> And that's, I think, when you become who you are the most. Yeah, because it you, reveals you. It to reveals you. you to you. Yeah. Yep. 100%. I remember the first time, um, well, I was 19. I lived in Australia and I was by myself. And that's when it was my first like, okay, I'm in the world. I don't, I'm not around all of my regular conditions mm -hmm. and people and circumstances. And I think I came home from that trip a year later and I understood who I was. Right, totally. Because I got to really ask myself, like, what do I want to eat? I'm going yeah. grocery shopping. What do I want to eat? Or <laughs> Rather than just what you've been yeah. fed for the last 19 years. Yeah. It's like, what do I want to eat? You know, yeah. what color shirt do I want to wear? What color do I want my walls to be? You know, it's really about tuning into the most authentic part of who you are. And then letting every facet of your life be a reflection of that. So your wardrobe, your home, your job, your everything, your relationships just become a reflection of your most authentic self. This is why I love you. <laughs> I love you too. This is why when we have conversations, <laughs> I just, I know you get it. So I don't even have to bring you back to baseline because yeah. you get it. And that's what, when I was writing, this can be beautiful. I think that that was the point in every chapter is every element of your life. And I wanted people to understand that yeah. I'm giving you every chapter and showing you how this premise can be transferred yeah. to every single thing that we touch. What else did I write down in this piece of paper that... Uh, I'm glad you took notes because that was a good conversation. Wasn't that We should good? record these things. We're going to have to start taping them. Oh, I love this. This is a quote from you. Okay. This is a KB quote. <laughs> Amazing. What you do... What do you need your space to feel like mm, in yeah. order to fulfill your soul's highest expression and purpose? There you go. The reason I <gasps> love this... Wow, that's really good. That's like... <laughs> I can't believe I said that. No, that just resonated with something within me that I needed to hear right now. So I'm that's gonna hilarious. I'm going to read it again. <laughs> this is from KB back in August. KB, back to KB. <laughs> back to KB, KB um, in August, but KB's here. What do you need your space to feel like yeah. in order to fulfill your soul's highest expression and purpose? Right. So I say if your soul wants a ping pong table yeah. in the center of your living room, yeah. then do it. Totally. Yeah. Like you got to break the rules a little bit and just flow with, with what feels right to you. 
not to anybody else. And I love this one is that you said everyone has a different connection to the feeling of home. Mm, that's true. The connection to your soul and everyone's yeah. soul's different. Yeah. So when you think of home, you know, mm -hmm. yes, there are general things that we can all associate with the feeling mm -hmm. of home. Mm -hmm. But for me, the feeling of home is quiet, mm -hmm. color, mm -hmm. white, mm -hmm. wind chimes, incense, water. Mm. I want to know what your feelings about home are. My feelings about home, auspicious, sacred, quiet, cozy, peaceful, um, spiritual, zen, sanctuary, cathedral. What color is your home? Um, like what color is it literally? Nope, just in your, in, in your my mind. imagination. There's a lot of white. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It feels like in the same sense that your body is your soul's temple. It feels like that, like your home just feels like a place where you can come home to rest and be yourself. I, I want everyone after this podcast to just take five minutes and write down the things that they feel mm -hmm. are home for mm -hmm. them. And just like KB was just riffing on words, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to make sense, right? That, well, that's what, um, when I was talking earlier about my list on my phone about how I want to feel, and when I read that in the morning, that's exactly what it is. So how do I want my career to feel? How do I want my relationship to feel? How do I, I have a home one, actually. How do I want my home to feel? How do I want my relationship with my son to feel? How do I want my physical body to feel? How do I want my friendships to feel? And you just make these crazy long lists, mine are crazy long, and you just start reading them to yourself. And at the end of that list, what you find is that your whole body's enlivened with just this feeling of energy because you're in alignment now with who you truly are. Right? I, I, I can't say enough about this. Mm. I cannot say enough about this. It's what we all really need to... Uh, just even no, talking about practice. it yes it yeah. makes me happy just talking yeah. about it doesn't yeah. it yeah well me too because i just think like again we are so wired to just be taking action blindly without yeah. really putting a lot of thought into it really it's just like achieve you know just work on achieving and, and succeeding and acquiring and possessions and it's like but how do you want to feel I think when you, I've experienced this one time in my life, it was a very um, big time in my life. And I, I had the kind of life where everyone, where everyone would look at it and mm -hmm. think I had everything. Right. Yeah. I was in a relationship with a person that made a lot of money. We lived in a big house. We had nice cars. I wore a big diamond ring. Mm -hmm. I, it was a different life. Yeah. And I remember that I didn't feel mm. the way I wanted to feel. Right. And it took me almost eight years to get to that point. Right. And I remember leaving everything behind. Mm. And, you know, so often, I, I honestly remember the day. I mm -hmm. remember the day, the house, car, the house key, the car key, the diamond ring, the credit card. Like, I left it all on the console and walked out the front door. That's amazing. And, you That's know. incredibly you, courageous. You hear the words, let it go. Yeah. Is that just because you were something mm -hmm. and just because you did something yeah. and just because you tried something mm -hmm. doesn't mean that that's who you are. Right. And you can change your mind at any point. Right. If you feel like this is not in alignment with me anymore. You know, I found the greatest growth and the greatest fulfillment has been from leaving things behind. Talk about that. Uh, well, I'm, th I'm thinking of my job as a makeup artist and, um, I mean, I got myself into, again, just a huge ball of stress over that situation. Basically, I woke up one morning feeling like this doesn't fit me anymore. I don't. Why didn't it fit? What didn't it? It just didn't feel right. It's like it wasn't, it, it didn't feel purposeful. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel deep. It didn't, you know, I'm kind of a deep person. If you, <laughs> if you haven't noticed. You don't say. <laughs> it didn't feel soulful. Yeah. It didn't feel like I was making a difference in the way that I wanted to. And I'm not saying that, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of makeup artists that are doing those things. It just, for me, it didn't feel aligned with me. But I didn't know how to get out of it, you know? Um, and I really, man, I let it affect my physical health. I didn't let go of it right away, basically. I held on with clenching fists for months. 
until I was really physically not well. And then I finally let go. And I mean, I can't even imagine who I'd be if I hadn't, if I had clung to that. Because just the letting go of that propelled me on this path. It propelled me onto a deeper spiritual path. It propelled me onto a, a deeper artistic path. Um, I wouldn't be here, you know, talking to you. You know, I do have to say, though, this is also a full circle moment to the book that we spoke about in the mm. beginning, which is the Louise Hay book, yes. You Can Heal Your Life. Yes. Because um, the body is, and we spoke about this in an earlier podcast mm -hmm. with one of my other um, peeps called Amber J, who mm. works in physical dance Amazing. and movement mm -hmm. and the body tells you oh for sure it does the body I mean, breaking down <laughs> or things sure. happen and that's actually the cool thing about this book is there's a little dictionary at the back mm -hmm. and you can pick the ailment or the thing that's been bothering you and you can look at the way that that is manifested in the body what it means and and the mantra you can use to heal it for sure so yeah. um your issues are that. yeah your issues are in your tissues as they say <laughs> right how have i, I right? heard that one how <laughs> or your your biography becomes your biology is another one wow but it is our body keeps the score yeah so you can try to um ignore your intuition about something but your body will always tell you eventually. So, and I think that's uh, a major reason why people do end up getting sick, end up getting these diseases because they've spent years ignoring their intuition, years ignoring the wisdom that their body is trying to express to them. You know, I do you, you talk about your favorite book, so I'm going to share mm -hmm. my favorite book because yes. it goes right in line with this. Yeah. Um, the book that changed my life, much like Louise Hay's books changed yours, was Julia Cameron's An Artist's Way. Mm, Have you read yeah. that book? I haven't read it, but I own it sitting on my shelf. I'm not I just haven't read it yet. You're going home <laughs> to that book. That's your book. That's your book. That's that's my yeah. That's my encouragement. Okay. Um, that book for me was pivotal mm -hmm. because there's some elements in that that say exactly what you just said but from a creative perspective mm, and as an artist i think that you can understand that so much of us are creative spirits mm -hmm. there's a creative spirit in all of us for sure and when we don't know that that is what the calling is inside of us and we squish it down it comes out as a physical ailment yes. because we've let our creative spirit not fly yeah totally and that's i mean when i think about just a couple of years ago when i was feeling depressed and my and my intuition was trying to encourage me just to do some art or just to do something creative or just play with glitter you know yeah and of course my mind is trying to suppress that because oh that's not what we do right we don't that's immature we don't play with glitter yeah. <laughs> right? But that's exactly <laughs> I what like I needed. I I wish you guys could see, like, the face she just made, which was like, we yeah. don't play with glitter. <laughs> you're 40 years old, you know? No, but, like, you're, you're so, you're, there's, a, there's something inside of you that always knows what you need, you know? We're just so used to ignoring it, I feel. So, um. She has these things called, uh, in the book called, which you'll love, artist dates amazing that sounds good and you're supposed to take With yourself your, yep okay and you go out and you do something that your artist wants to do i love it and i think because there's often like that weird store yeah that we'll drive by a hundred times yeah and we don't go into it because we're <laughs> too busy right going grocery shopping and yeah. doing all the things we have to do yeah but then the day you take 20 minutes and just go inside of that store there's something for you at the back corner for, right yeah yeah. For sure. And going back to what you're saying about creativity, I, you know, I know that I'm creative, obviously, but I think everybody is. And I have a friend that she would always say to me, like, no, I'm not creative. You know, you're very creative. I'm not creative. And I would be like, everybody's creative, you know? Yes. Everybody is creative. Yes. Because we're creating with every thought that we think. 100%. And every word that we speak and every decision we make, we're creating our lives. So even if you're not a creative person, you are an artist. You're the artist of your own life. You're creating your life. Yep. And it feels like that's even gone a step further lately for me where, you know, we're not just creative, we're creativity. Ah. We are the energy of creativity. Encompassed. Right? Yeah. Like we're embodied creativity. Well, I think what the, the premeditated notion is that creativity is synonymous with things like 
instruments and paint and colors and things that maybe you're not good at. But I often like to tell everyone that their art Mm -hmm. can be numbers, can be words, can be physical objects, can be bricks, can be food. Yes. It it really, everyone's art is different. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Your medium may look differently than the medium that you've created as a synonymous symbol of creativity. Yeah. But um, I think that that's something really important to take away from this podcast is just that we all have to find our mediums. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the closer you are to the expression of, your authentic self, the happier you'll be. Because the happiness and the joy and the fulfillment is really more about aligning with that than the end result, you know? So it doesn't even matter, you know, the end result of what you're creating. It matters more. Are you connected with yourself, your authentic self, while you're doing the creating? While you're, you know what I'm saying? I do, and I I think, um, I I know it sounds crazy, but I feel like this is an important time for you to tell people if they want to be in touch with you to have an intuitive session. Sure, yeah. How do they do that? So you can go to intuitivekb.com. Intuitivekb.com. That's my website. Or you can email me at kb at intuitivekb.com. And uh, shoot me an email. I just want the people to talk to you. I would love to talk to the peoples. Okay, I've got a question <laughs> I for love, you. I love it. It's I one love of my favorites. So I love the peoples. It's one of my favorite things to do. Is <laughs> talk to the peoples. <laughs> Help them, you know, shuffle them on their path. Shuffling you know. is such a beautiful thing shuffle. too. Yeah. Shuffle along, friends. <laughs> yeah. To shuffle along in your I just beautiful see an way. image at my son's uh, school, you know, the, the toddlers, in order to kind of keep them in a line, they all have to hang on to this little knitted rope oh. <laughs> when they're going from yeah. A to B, right? So that's the image I get. It's like we're all shuffling along. Let's all Holding hold on. the same little knitted that's, rope. Yeah. That's like, and in fact, in the tassel on Amala, that's what it symbolizes is our oneness. So. Okay. So close your eyes. Yes. Closed. I have questions. I have questions. Mm. What color is making malas for you? What color is making malas? Blue. What color is your intuitive work? Orchid purple. And what color do you feel life represents? White. And if you wanted to say something, Mm Mm-hmm to everybody that's listening. Mm-hmm. If they decided they didn't want to sit through the whole hour of mm-hmm. our riff session. <laughs> or five hours. <laughs> which this could go on for. It will. We'll turn the mics off and we got another whole day ahead of us. Um, I want I want you just to share your love mm-hmm. to the peoples. And I want you to share your loving message that is what's coming from your heart right now. Right. Well, I would say my message is to begin within. So... Look inside first, you know, connect with yourself and be true to yourself. Take time to disconnect from all of that input that you're getting from everybody else and everywhere else so that you can hear your own voice and then express that. Connect with it and then express it out into the world. You're not here to get anything from the world. You're here to give something to the world. And that's, I really believe that you're here to give of your authentic self. And when you find that, then that's fulfillment, that's happiness, that's joy. That's ecstasy, really. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you, Tiff. I truly don't know what my life would be like if that book didn't fall off the shelf mm-hmm. that day. I mean it. I truly, truly mean it. Well, we were meant to meet. A hundred percent. to happen. We're, uh, KB and I are embarking on a fun journey in a few weeks. And, <laughs> we are. And, uh, Road trip. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm so, um, I don't know if I would ever do what I'm about to do if you didn't come into my world. So I I love who you are. I love what you do. I love what you bring. I love the energy you share. Thank you so much. And I am so grateful you're on this planet at the same time as I am. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. So (laughs) I love you. I love you. Keep sharing your love. And um, from the depth of my soul just know that you are so important. Thank you so much. I love you. I am forever grateful to every guest that will join me and share themselves and their hearts on the Love Jam. So 
thank you so much, all of you, for coming on and sharing yourself. Uh, just is what makes the world such a richer place. Coco Trabagian, the genius behind the mixing and the recording of the Love Jam and the person who wrote the theme music himself. It's truly not even possible for me to have this podcast without you. So I love you and I thank you forever. And Delta Faucets Canada, oh my God. Without your encouragement and your support, this wouldn't even be happening. So thank you, thank you, thank you to every single one of you. Um, without your hand, this love would not be in the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for you. You, you that lovely human listening to this podcast. From the depth of my soul, thank you so much for taking your time and wanting to listen to me and my friends jam about love. <laughs>